They've been looking for him for thousands of years. They talked about him, dreamed about him, why they gave instruction concerning him, studied his life. But when he stood among them, they didn't recognize him. It's time to join your guide, Jim Ayer, for an exciting 12-episode journey into remodeling your life. You're going to discover that God's transforming power is real, and He's ready to provide that power to you. Now here's your guide, Jim Ayer, to take you on the journey of a lifetime, an amazing and dynamic experience with God. The prophet John understood in the book of Daniel that Jesus was to appear on the prophetic scene very soon, and John had been appointed to proclaim the message. When the prophetic time clock struck the cosmic hour, Jesus appeared. John stopped baptizing, rose up out of the water, and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Church leaders and members were all together on the bank that day. The very people should have recognized Jesus, but they did not. He was the foundation of their religion, and no one knew him. The question today is, do you know him? Is he real and personal to you? Would you recognize him if he walked into your church? Maybe you've already been fooled. Join me as we discover who Jesus really is and his exciting plans for your life. Plans I can almost guarantee you, you've never heard before. Hi, I'm Jim Ayer. I have a distant relative by the name of Jim Ayers. We're confused a lot of times, but he actually tells me that we were related years ago. You see, I sent him our genealogy and he found back in England in the 1600s, we were all part of one big family and we were royalty. But you know, as great as all this is, there's another book that speaks very plainly of an older genealogy, the genealogy of human history and of royal blood. Humans were created as the crowning act of God's creation. We were to be the counterpart of God. We were created in his own image. We were royalty. Our lineage was a pure stream directly from the heart of the king of the universe. Just imagine the sons and daughters of God. But there was a major glitch in the perfect plan caused by someone else. Around the time God was going to institute the plans for his new human race, the most powerful created being in the universe started having an eye problem. No, not an eye problem, but an eye problem. You see, he started thinking he was so wonderful and beautiful, which he was, that he figured he should run the universe rather than God, his creator. But because God built in free will into the genetic pool of the gene pool, a problem arose. You see, his planning had included free will because his entire celestial makeup exudes love. And love does not demand obedience or worship it only yearns for it. You know, the due date arrived for the creation birth of the new earthly couple, Adam and Eve. Why, Adam was fashioned by God's own hand and the couple was made in God's very own image, a reflection of him, if you will. The Lord spent a great deal of time with them in the new home he created for their absolute enjoyment. Nothing was missing. Think about it, an entire planet of unbelievable beauty just for them. But then it was time to share the sad story of the devil's rebellion. The devil was kicked out of heaven in open rebellion and he was on his way to earth with a heart full of treachery. And all that treachery was toward the crown. 
Father God instructed the pair to stay away from one tree. That was it, one single tree on the entire planet. And they were told that the devil was restricted to that one spot. But you may ask, well, why was he even restricted to that spot? Why have any spots? Well, remember, Adam and Eve had free will. The father had built it into the genetic makeup of the Eden pair, and they too had to decide whose leadership was the best, God or the devil. You know, we don't know how long it was before Eve found herself in conversation with the devil. But when she did talk with him, she was mesmerized. His lie sounded so convincing that it made God seem like a liar. Well, maybe the father did want to withhold something she thought that was really good for them. Maybe the devil really is right. The couple ended up accepting the entire pack of lies, sold themselves into slavery and all posterity. You and me, we were royalty. Our parents were the, the prince and princess of planet Earth. And now they were doomed to death for their act of treason against the crown. They lost the crown and the castle. But the king of the universe had a different plan. His love is so powerful that he would buy us back from bondage. That's how precious we are to him. I will earn the right to give you my righteousness, like the covering of the lambskins that now cover your nakedness. And I will live inside of you to give you a power to once again resist the lies and the temptations of the evil one. You can be restored to your royal heritage and more if you accept my free gift and invite me to live in you so that you have power to fight the devil. Please understand how much I love you. This gift requires my death. Ever wonder why your life doesn't reflect the powerful change that's supposed to be part of every Christian experience? Do temptations weigh on you and leave you saying, maybe I'm not trying hard enough or wondering if God's holding up his end of the deal? Could there be some secret everyone but you knows? Well, there is a well-kept secret and few Christians know about it or talk about it until now. Transformation may be the most exciting and life-changing book you'll ever read. It's not only upbeat and easy to read, but powerful in its message, the message of transformation. Jim Eyre exposes plans that have successfully kept the truth from Christians for decades. Truth that will allow you to become the happiest Christian imaginable. Don't miss out. Order Transformation today by calling 800-876-7313 or log on to transformationinfo.com. This is perhaps one of the greatest books ever written on the biblical teachings of Christ. Jesus used parables to open the vistas of heaven to the people and to expand their thinking. As no other book has ever done, Ellen White unwraps the parables, allowing us to see Christ our salvation revealed in all of his beauty and splendor throughout each and every page. Order your copy today by calling 800-876-7313 or logging on to transformationinfo.com. The human race was in drastic trouble. The devil had caused unimaginable pain and separation between God and the human family. But God would not let go. No price for him was too great to pay. Why Jesus had consented to become as a helpless lamb and interject himself directly in the pathway of the devil's wrath to save us. Exactly as the prophetic time clock of Daniel 9.24 predicted, 
Jesus arrived upon the scene of human history to restore humanity. He stepped from the throne, left the celestial city, removed his robes of royalty, becoming a child of the poor. <laughs> no, no robes of royalty for him. He was trained as a carpenter and as a follower of the one true God. He now stood in front of John the Baptist, ready to begin the public phase of his ministry. What was his mission? John 1, verse 1 and 14 offer great insight. Quote, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word you see in Greek for word is logos. It's our English word where we get our word logo. If I asked you what the logo was, or actually the check mark on the side of a pair of tennis shoes, you would know immediately whose logo that was. Why, it's the symbol that stands for the company. It stands for everything they are. Even if you've never seen their factories or their offices around the globe, you know them because they have demonstrated product quality and their logo stands for that quality. Same's true for Jesus. He is the logo of the Godhead. If you see Jesus and you watch how he performs and his qualities and what he says, what he does, well, even though you've never seen heaven or God's office complex or the mansions that God has promised you, you know what God stands for because you've seen Jesus, the company representative, the logo. This then is what Jesus did. He set out on the most aggressive campaign in the history of the universe to reveal the lies of the devil and to set humanity free from the bondage of sin. John 1:12 says, to as many as received him, to them he gave he power to become the sons of God. Notice his desire to restore us to the former position of royalty. He set about undoing the damage the devil had caused. He healed the sick, he cleansed the leper, he restored sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, speech to the tongue of the dumb. He cast out demons and he raised the dead. Why, Jesus broke up every funeral he ever attended by raising the dead. Jesus can set anyone free from the bondage of sin and the devil. But the ultimate test and trial had come. This was time for victory or defeat. The devil and his evil legions poured everything into this battle. And the location of the battle? The Garden of Gethsemane, among the olive trees. Christ was in his early 30s. He was taking humanity upon himself. The devil told him that if he took upon himself this, this rebellion of the human race, the sins of the human race, that he would be forever identified with them. He would be separated. He'd be lost forever. He would be ripped from the Father's love. The, the mental anguish was beyond human understanding, but he continued to repeat these words, Father, not my will, but yours be done. Would he ever come out of the tomb victorious? As a man, he didn't know, but he made the choice that he did not want to continue to be God unless we could be with him forever. <laughs> Think about it. You're that special to God. Any other word on the subject is another lie of the devil. Our God has only one desire, and that's to abide with you forever, enjoying your everlasting friendship and company for all eternity. Praise God! 
Janine and I had been working in Bangladesh for a while and had befriended a very sweet nine-year-old girl by the name of Bidika. She was just adorable and we grew to love her very rapidly. One night after work, I arrived home to find Janine in tears. They're going to sell Bidika. They're going to sell Bidika. And I said, what are you talking about? And she repeated those sorrowful words and then added, the parents can't afford to keep her, so they're going to sell her as a slave or a prostitute because she turns 10 years old today. Later, we discovered that this was the common practice in that region of the world. If the parents can't afford to keep their children, they sell them. Well, needless to say, we were absolutely heartbroken. The dinner table conversation was only about our sweet little defenseless girl. One of our friends said, well, why don't you buy her? Wow, never thought of that idea. Have you ever thought of buying someone? Well, no, neither had we, but the more we thought about it, the better the idea sounded. And guess what? We acted upon the idea and we were successful. We bought her to be able to set her free. <laughs> we put her in school where she received a wonderful education. She was provided for in every way. Now, she still lived in a harsh environment, in a harsh world, but we did all we could to provide her with love, support, and happiness. God has purchased us from the bondage of sin and slavery. He's given us the opportunity to accept that free gift, just like Bidika accepted our free gift. When we do, we begin the reorientation process. Our minds begin to focus upon God rather than the things of this world, rather than the things of the devil. God has given us so much to begin lifting our hearts and our minds ever upward to Him. The great way to do that is to begin looking at nature as God's second book of love, designed just for you. This very thing happened to Dwight L. Moody the day of his conversion. He said, and I quote, I remember the morning on which I came out of my room after I had first trusted Christ. I thought the sun shone a great deal brighter than it ever had before. I thought that it was smiling upon me. And as I walked out upon Boston Common and heard the birds singing in the trees, I thought they were all singing a song to me. Do you know, I fell in love with the birds. I had never cared for them before. It seemed to me that I was in love with all creation." End quote. Charles Finney added, A state of mind that sees God in everything is evidence of growth and grace and a thankful heart. As the sunlight dances across the snow, the evergreen trees disperse their fragrant scent to gladden the day, and the birds add their anthem of happiness. It all speaks of God's love to you and to me. There was no sunlight, there was no fragrance in Rich's life at all until God reached down on that dirt floor and touched his life. Uh, I kind of got derailed a little bit. I, uh, I made some bad choices, some bad decisions, and uh, ended up uh, using drugs for quite, quite a long time. I had some scholarships to go to some certain colleges and whatnot, and congressman wrote me a letter wanting me to go to West Point, apply there. But I chose not to do that. I kind of hung around town. I loved working on cars, so I got a job as a mechanic up at the local Chevrolet dealership and uh, began drinking a little bit with the boys and smoking a little bit. And one thing led to another and got introduced to cocaine and one thing led to another. Ended up I was living downtown Sacramento in a one-room shack with a dirt floor and I had a little beer keg with the front cut out of it and I would put wood in that and it had a sewer pipe running out the window 
and that's what I kept warm. I, that was my fireplace, was a little beer keg. And, and I had the chemicals to cook the methamphetamine buried in the dirt floor underneath my sleeping bag where I slept every night. And ended up being a far cry from class valedictorian. It's just, it wasn't one choice, it was a series of small, seemingly insignificant choices that I had made that took me from one point to where it looked like a total, like I would never, ever, ever do that, but that's where I ended up. I didn't run into the devil because I was going the same direction he was, and I didn't find that out till later on after my conversion, you know, that, that uh, when you're a general in the devil's army, um, he doesn't trip you up much. I mean, life is miserable, but it's not, uh, it's kind of hard to describe. When you're in it, you're deceived and you're just going for it. My life was a speedboat going through a five mile an hour zone, leaving a wake of destruction everywhere I went. When I realized that God wasn't trying to get me in trouble, that I was already in trouble, and he was trying to make something good out of my life. He was trying to train me to be something, some type of royalty, some type of person that to get my dignity back, to get my uh, self-worth back. Nothing dignified about living on a dirt floor. There's nothing dignified about a lot of the things that people do when they're marching with the devil. And to, and I, and I realize now that he was just simply trying to restore the image of God in me that he originally planned for me. And I messed it up. And it, he's able somehow, and I don't know how he does it, but he sweeps up that broken glass of every wreck that we make. And he somehow sweeps it up, cleans it all up, and starts us right there, right on the right direction again. The difference in working and living for Christ versus working and living for the devil, there is a, there is a peace and a joy that comes from serving the king of the universe and understanding that all he wants, all he wants is for you to come to him and be restored back to what he originally had intended for you. And you know, when I learned that it was not his plan for me to become an addict, I messed that up, but he is willing to take me and take me right where I'm at and make me something very, very special. And I've always been special to him, and I didn't realize that either. Uh, you know, when you have low self-worth, that's an excuse to treat yourself bad. And so if I just told myself that I was worthless, then I could treat myself like I was worthless. And when God said, yeah, but you're, you're not worthless to me, you may think you're worthless, but you, you, you you're infinitely valuable to me. When I understood that, and that he, he was doing everything he could to get me into heaven, not keep me out. The thought of, of me being royalty, um, the thought of him treating me like he treats his son, the thought of him wiping everything clean and saying, I won't bring it up if you don't bring it up, that I am here because God because God loved me so much that he was willing to wipe clean everything bad that I had done towards him. Everything, um, 
everything that I, because, you know, I, I spit in his face. When people would knock on the door, uh, when I was running with the devil, when people would knock on the door with Bibles and want to do Bible study, I would slam the door in their face. And all it was was God trying to get my attention. And he never gave up. I can remember laying face down on my bed, on, at, when, screaming at the top of my lungs for God to help me. Screaming, I, I didn't care who heard me, I was all done, I was all used up. And God's gonna take someone like that and make them part of his cabinet, if you will, his royalty, his ambassador, that we might be able to uh, tell people, tell other beings what it's like to be forgiven, what it's like to be loved when you can't even love yourself, what it's like to be told that you are valuable even when you think you have no value. And that's amazing to me because he doesn't, in my book, he doesn't have to do that. I mean, I earned death <laughs> and uh, God, God saved me. Jim and Janine Eyre have created a 12-week study guide designed to lead you into a deeper and more meaningful walk with Christ. If you're a brand new Christian or have been going to church your entire life, this guide is for you. It's perfect for individual study or for an entire group. The greatest gift you can give to your church or your family is Transformation, the 12-week study guide. Order today by calling 800-876-7313 or log on to transformationinfo.com. Jim was a drug dealer, an alcoholic, and a thief until God called him. But that was just the beginning. As someone said, he has lived six lifetimes. He became wealthy, lobbied on Capitol Hill, and was a church leader. But he was lost until God gave him a second chance. You have a family member who no longer loves the Lord or who has wandered away in spirit, if not in reality. Well, I believe the story of my life, Second Chance, can be of help to them. You see, I was a drug dealer, an alcoholic, and a thief. And then God spoke to me, and I became an on-fire Christian for a time. Then the riches of the world overtook me, and I fell. But God loves to give us second chances. Give your loved one a second chance today. People tell us when you start reading Second Chance, you can't put it down. Your loved ones who may be wondering if God will give them a second chance will love it too. Now here's the information you need. Call us or visit us online. The time is coming very soon when we're going to be reunited with our Lord in the earth made new. We'll walk hand in hand with Jesus just like Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden. But here in this old sin-drenched world, the place where the devil controls everything, sometimes we look no further than our noses, but we must reorient, we must begin looking upward to our mighty God, the one who smiles on us in his creation. We're right here on a main thoroughfare, and I had to stop here because this old place is really something. It represents all the death and the destruction, the decay, the sorrow, and the heartache that's all around us and has been for a very long time, at least from a human standpoint of time. As a matter of fact, it's been here so long that most of us have accepted this world and the desolation of it as the normal mode of life. Most people have come to accept this world as slavery is, is absolute fact. We really have little or no frame of reference to conceive of you know, anything else. I think again of our little slave girl that 
Her name Berika. She lives in a world where a single tin can is a big deal. What do I mean? Well, we just accomplished a, a lot of things in northern Bangladesh when we began searching for something else to help someone to do because we had a little extra time. So we stopped in an area hospital and asked if they could use some free help. This one tiny hospital is responsible for taking care of 64,000 villages. Raw sewage was running down the outside walls where the plumbing was leaking. It was unbelievable. The paint and the plaster were peeling off in sheets. They'd thrown blood and needles and all the surgical materials right outside the windows. They were all piled up everywhere. They just threw it all out after they used it. Yes, and, you know, well, I, I just can't hardly tell you what it was really like, but we started painting this place, three stories, and on the final day, one of our painting crew handed out an empty paint can to someone in the area. Before we knew it, a whole mob had materialized around us. They began fighting over this remaining single paint can. A struggle to get a dirty paint can, can you imagine? Well, we had to all jump in the truck and leave immediately because we feared for our safety. You see, they have nothing of this world's goods. A can, it can be used for cooking, it can be used for eating, storing items, and well, the list goes on. This is the environment of our former slave girl, the environment she grew up in. Now let's assume that we set her down and we begin to describe how wonderful a fairy tale land is here in North America, a, a theme park, you know, with the water slides and, and all the wonderful things. And yes, and we tell her in Bidika, it's all out there, it's just a plane right away. Well, then she says, what's a plane? See, no matter how well we explain it to her, her frame of reference is really difficult, almost impossible for her to understand. However, in explaining the real magical kingdom God has prepared for us, he can use the enlightening power of the Holy Spirit to help us understand and grasp that which is beyond our present realm of reality. You see, God specializes in the impossible when describing the real. I'm going to read from God's Word what He's prepared for us as former slaves found in Revelation chapter 21. And now I saw a new heavens and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adored for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and I'll dwell with them. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying, <laughs> no more pain, for all these former things are passed away. And he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these things are true and faithful. And he said to me, It's done. I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning, the end. <laughs> God is everything to us, and God has planned all these things. And then he says, Look, you're going to be my son and my daughter. I've given it all to you. I've got it all prepared for you. We serve an amazing God. You see, we get the kingdom back. We get it all back. God is going to be moving the center of his government here to planet Earth so he can continue his original plan, living with us for eternity. Do you really know him? If you walked into your church today or your home, would you recognize him? Would you really know God? Jesus came to Earth to dispel the lies told by Satan about who God is, and he came to set us free from the slavery of sin. 
I hope you'll continue to join me for every episode of this 12-part series entitled Remodeling Your Life, God's Transforming Power. You see, God doesn't want to leave you the way you are. He wants to grow you up into mature and vibrant beings, enjoying a direct connection with the power source of the universe, God Himself. Why? Because He's planning on you joining Him and Jesus on the throne, ruling the universe for all eternity. <laughs> Hard to believe? Yes, but true. This means you and I need training on now of how to become royalty. How does it happen? Well, it all has to do with getting to know Jesus far better than perhaps you and I do today. You see, it's, it's all about the relationship. Join me on our exciting adventure. It will become the experience of a lifetime.